Hello, everyone. I wanted to say welcome to season three of the Atlanta Foodcast. It's pretty crazy to think that we've been doing this thing for three years now, and I cannot believe that there's so much more and so many more stories that we have to bring to you guys. And it's coming to you every single Monday across everything from Apple Podcasts to Spotify to Google Podcasts and plenty more. And I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening along for the past two years. And this year is going to be the best one yet. Um, I know that I'd probably say that every single year, but I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart and thank you for supporting the show, but especially thank you for supporting all of these amazing people and their stories who truly do make Atlanta the greatest city for eaters. So buckle up. We have a lot of episodes coming your way this season and throughout this year. There's going to be a lot more new things that are happening kind of in the podcast realm of things, and I can't wait to bring it all to you guys. Uh, so here's three episodes for you guys to kind of kick things off, and I cannot, <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this for the third year in the row, but welcome to the Atlanta Foodcast. This is the Atlanta Foodcast, stories from those making Atlanta the greatest city for eaters. I'm Ben Getz, your host. Back in 2008, George and his partner Jason Mann set out to change the makeup of what a burger joint was, and the idea was really simple. Bring together communities of ranchers and growers and supply the restaurants with what they raise, grow, harvest, and produce, and that's where Farm Burger was born. And George has spent the greater part of his life in the hospitality industry, and he's been a part of the good food movement throughout Atlanta for some time now. And we sat down at the Decatur location so I could hear more of his story. So here he is. I think I mentioned to you, like, this is just my, my favorite place to be, you know? Uh, you could be in any number of, you know, semi-sterile environments, right. yeah. and we could sit down and have a real NPR-style conversation, but, you know, I'm torturing you by making you sit in your restaurant, and uh, you, you have to watch service going on all know, around right? you, but, but doesn't it produce just the best ambiance, you yeah. know? which I really, really love. Um, it's almost like, is it piped in? Or are they really uh, there? Or not? <laughs> I know. I've got like this really great track of canned <laughs> laughter that I'll just like bring in. You know, it's like a sitcom. It'll be great. Right. Um, but George Frangos, welcome yeah. to the Atlanta Foodcast. Great. How well, are you? I'm great. Welcome to be here. Thanks, man. Thanks for, well, thanks for having me in your restaurant. I have, uh, I have dined at Farm Burger many, many times over the years, especially here, most recently at the location um, anchored to Whole Foods in Midtown. Oh, fantastic. Many times in Asheville. Yep. Um, trying to think of where else. Um, all over the place, though. Great. Really, really love Farm Burger. Well, so. I appreciate it. Thank yeah. you very much. We could just end the podcast there. <laughs> That's really, it. That's all I wanted to say was thank you to George. But, um, but George, you guys have a really great story. And um, I think the, the thing that I want to do is I want to get to know you a little bit and then talk about the origin story of Farm Burger and really the, um, really the model that you guys have created. Because mm -hmm. in a state like Georgia, you know, being so agriculture forward, it's a very pragmatic move in terms of starting something like a burger concept and I think what you guys have done has put something into practice um, that's very tangible for a lot of people to understand um, so I'm excited to, to talk through a little bit of your story and got a few other um, few other things to kind of sprinkle in here and there but um but before we get into all that good stuff tell me who cooked for you growing up and what kind of cook was he or she who cooked um you know it was a bit of a, a family affair you know so my mother cooked my dad certainly cooked, um, 
and then I kind of I think I had that cooking bug myself so I cooked a lot for myself <laughs> it might have been that coming home after school and being hungry and and just whipping something up um, and then within my family on both sides of um, my family there was always a lot of cooking on my mother's side um, my grandparents were in upstate New York and in a very small town where there was farm stands and farm and my grandfather had a big garden and so there was always fresh produce and cooking going on visiting them and then on my father's side his parents were Greek immigrants and had the diner which was closed by the time I got um, was growing up but a long um, food history within that side of the family and so when we'd visit them it was this very a you know very typical kind of my big fat Greek wedding you know Sunday dinners it would be sitting around and my grandmother my Greek grandmother making a 10 course meal which I just thought it was normal. Yeah, and it, and, 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 it, and it took 15 minutes to make, right? Uh, it was an all-day affair, <laughs> I'm just you know. But um, uh, yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about, and you know, some of uh, some really close friends of mine, like they would, you know, have us over uh, for that Greek feast. But it was a it was a weekly thing. It didn't just yeah. happen. You know, it's not a special occasion. It wasn't a holiday. It's just like no. I mean, everyone's coming over, so we're yeah. cooking and. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's probably one of my favorite ways to eat because it's it's almost like eating Korean food where there's like there's the salty thing, there's the sour thing, like there's like all of the little toppings that go on to like bread and lamb, and yep. um, it's just incredible. Yeah, yeah, and it all works its way up to like the meat course. Yeah, also. big time. Right, <laughs> <laughs> which is like, that's like the coup de gras. Yeah. It's the it's the best part. Yeah. Um, I think you mentioned this a little bit, but where'd you grow up? Uh, so I grew up uh, in the Midwest, Madison, Wisconsin. To, okay. uh, I was about um, 14, 15, and then we moved to Washington, D.C. Okay. So again, there I had a little bit of kind of that Midwestern upbringing, big town, big ten country, and then right into Washington, D.C. We lived in the district and uh, wow. rode the subway to high school. Oh man! So that's awesome. Uh, I had a little bit of, of both wow. sides of the coin. Do you love D.C.? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I mean, it changed incredibly, you know, since I was growing up there in in the 80s, just to date myself. Uh, um, right. Um, don't get back there enough, but uh, had a great time growing up and then living there as a younger adult as well. Yeah. Shout yeah. out to the Commonwealth of Virginia. Yeah. I, I love Virginia. It's such a yeah. it's such a beautiful place. My wife is from there, so. Hey, that's know, great. Kudos. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> um, so fast forwarding a little bit, um, after growing up in mm-hmm. the Midwest and then moving to D.C., um, part of your story, you know, as we're, as we're getting into a little bit more of like kind of the precursor to you starting farm burger um, with your partner and um, but Cornell actually yep. has a part of, of your story as well and uh, for a lot of people who don't know um, Cornell is is kind of the uh, it lives in infamy a little bit in terms of like the hospitality industry <laughs> and um, you like a lot of many wonderful people here in Atlanta actually have that hospitality background from Cornell mm-hmm. in your background so d- did you want to go to Cornell specifically to study hospitality and then get into the restaurant industry or did it happen the other way around? I think I wanted, I would definitely wanted to go there. But it was almost like a 23rd hour revelation. So okay. high school, I'd worked in restaurants, bus tables, fast food, and everything. Kind of watched all the old PBS cooking shows, had cookbooks. Great Chefs of the West. 
Uh, great chefs, the Julia Child great chefs, oh, yeah, and, yes. and yes. Uh, a few other ones, uh, and the old Pierre Franey, and yes, and, uh, and they don't such. make them like that anymore. No, not They're at all. So good. Um, and um, and you can only watch them like Sundays afternoons. Yes, think, you yeah. Know. It's the only um, time that they fit into your life, right? Um, <laughs> and so I knew I was very interested in business and was looking at business schools and areas to go. And um, and then one day realized like there was this degree you could get in hospitality, right? That there actually were these hotel schools, and it was probably just my senior year in high school looking to apply for colleges. And uh, looked at Cornell and had some family connections to that, uh, to the school, or actually friends of family, and uh, when I went to visit it, really looked at the curriculum, I'm like, yeah, that's it, that's what I wanted to do. Gotcha. Um, so, what what was it that brought you down to Atlanta? So, you graduate from Cornell, you have your degree in, in yep. hospitality, and so how did you kind of work your way down here to, uh, to the heart of the South? Yeah, a lot of ups and downs along the way, mm-hmm. um, but went back to Washington, D.C. after uh, graduating college and, and worked in in Washington, started actually with Intercontinental Hotels many years ago, worked my way then to more independent restaurants. And probably the most um, influential place I worked was a place called Restaurant Nora in Washington, D.C. That was an organic, biodynamic restaurant before people knew what even that meant. Um, but I've, uh, a number of years there, we had farmers bringing in you know, uh, produce and Amish chickens during the week, and it was really influential. Um, and again, farm to table, those terms weren't even in vocabularies yet. Um, from there, moved up to New York City, worked in some very similar restaurants there with a chef uh, called Peter Hoffman at Savoy Restaurant. Very influential and in sort of my connection to farms and food and where it comes from. And then from there, went to Portsmouth, New Hampshire, where I was like ready to open my own restaurant. It's like, I got all the goods, I got the tools. An old uh, chef friend of mine from Norris was up in Portsmouth and you know, we were gonna conquer the world with our restaurant. And uh, lasted about two and a half years. <laughs> he kept it going for about another two and a half years after that. Uh, it was called Victory. Um, and you know, it was that great learning lesson. You know, you learn a lot when you take some bumps and lumps. And, yeah. um, Ended up coming down to Atlanta, really just job opportunity. Had some connections with concentric restaurants from oh, yeah. some uh, chef friend of mine from uh, New York City. My wife had some connections down in uh, Atlanta in the PR world. I had some family down here, sisters down here. And so, you know, from that bump in the road, ended up in Atlanta, and that was 12, 13 years ago. Yeah. And uh, kind of haven't left. Yeah. Concentric's uh, big name. Mm-hmm. Big name. Yeah. Uh, came down to open up uh, as the GM of uh, a restaurant called Trois, mm-hmm. which many people kind of remember. Oh, yeah. Some like to Very forget. affectionately. <laughs> yeah, very affectionately, I would say. Um, yeah. You know, if uh, everybody knew that, you know, 14 months later, there'd be a big economic recession. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, maybe. T- 2008 <laughs> seems to have a major part of a lot of people's stories that I have on the show. All right. 2008. What a great time to open a restaurant. Fantastic. Yeah. So glad that was uh, part yeah. of our story. Right. You know, but now it's like so far in the past. Yeah. It's like, remember when we had to do that? Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, King of Pops, right? Your brother's just <laughs> right. like, yeah. right. Need job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a, that's a yeah. bit of a popsicle cart. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, but... Right from there, I always knew I wanted to get back into restaurant business, and um, I had stepped away from cons- Concentrics and was doing some consulting, and I met uh, my partner in Farmburger, Jason Mann, who had a restaurant in Athens called Farm 255. Um, we just met through some uh, mutual connections, and um, 
he had a restaurant that was doing well, run by he and a bunch of his farmer friends. And um, they just kind of came in to give them more, I guess, structure on, on the business side. And um, um, from that relationship, looking at their menu, what they were selling, it always came down to they would sell a lot of burgers, especially like on UGA football weekends and, and yeah. such. And you know the, the struggles of a full-service restaurant it was jason one day probably saying you know i've always had this idea just to open a burger joint and i'd raise the cattle it'd be all local and grass-fed and you know if it was a comic it would be that light bulb popping over my head it'd be like great idea um so wanting to really get back into ownership again um we found this spot where we're sitting here today with a four rent sign on it and uh took a quick look at it and rents were sky rocketing down i don't know if you say that or bottoming bottom, bottoming out so it was a really you know bad economy in 2009 but it was a lot of opportunity yeah you know? so we were able to get in here with, with not a lot of scratch as yeah. you say <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, and uh really just had an, an idea of um not a big business plan but um you know really um you know take the idea of a local burger joint and um connected to its roots and the farming and agriculture and grass-fed beef and you know animal welfare and um, that was really the the impetus to start yeah because the the concept that you and Jason really settled on is really the the namesake of the business of the restaurant right and um, what's um what's really cool is that you know I I I think the the way that I've always known farm burger to be you know from being here in Decatur Mm -hmm. or any of the other locations that it's it's always the, the, the simplicity of the concept is always built through the sustainability of the menu mm-hmm. of like the beef is coming from here. You know, we <laughs> are utilizing as much local product as possible. Mm-hmm. And um, but it's so funny because I think a lot of people see that as, you know, like, oh, it's a burger joint. It's masquerading as some sort of like farm to table restaurant. But right. I think what you guys have really done is you've applied so much of the practicality of working with farmer or producer and then bringing that to a restaurant and then building it around a burger is no different than building it around another menu. So has it been for you guys, you know, really working with farmers, you know, now, um, 10 years in? Yeah, I I think you described it right. I think in the beginning there were a lot of challenges and I don't know if we could have accomplished what we wanted to accomplish without, you know, Jason's connections to farming and his, his connection to raising animals and even Georgia agriculture, you know, and what was available, what wasn't, wasn't available, what the hurdles were, um, you know, so his expertise really brought a lot to that sort of early supply chain and success and, and trying to put um, on the menu what we wanted to put on the menu. Um, and, you know, a decade later, it's, it's you know, you really see the landscape change, right? Um, and a lot of even the farmers we want to say grew up with are, are bigger operators or smarter operators, um, you know, um, uh, what's available to us is the same but now it's in different channels right so where eight years ago we had our own farm and we had a hundred pigs and 24 head of cattle right and now we have different um, farmers who had 24 head of cattle and now might have 200 right and so right it's almost like everybody's grown up you know within uh, the, the food movement right yeah. and so so it changes our our model behind the scenes somewhat doesn't change what we are we're serving to everybody um but it's been great to see everybody kind of succeed 
you know, and grow along along the way. Yeah. And you know, I mean, I think what's what's so interesting is, you know, the 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 beauty of modern day media has taught the, you know, standard diner a lot more about what they're eating and where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I think that there's there's a, there's a little bit of an alarmist culture of like, whoa, like beef in USA, like that's a, it's a it's a major issue. And um, but you know, I think that there's so much beauty in the way that um, you know, smaller producer working with a restaurant that's not trying to impact the world. You know, like mm. a, a really large fast food chain. You know, it right. has to be about critical mass. But you know, when you guys can take those nimble steps to really work selectively with who's providing what for you, mm-hmm. it, it sustains a lot of that local economy. And you guys have actually been able to expand the brand to right. other other states and other mm-hmm. parts of the country. Um, to, I mean, I know Tennessee, yep. North Carolina, and then uh, is it Mississippi? Alabama. It? Or Alabama, mm-hmm. yeah. So talk to me about kind of taking that model, mm-hmm. um, you know, outside of Georgia, you know, I mean, because, uh, I mean, there's verdant, beautiful agriculture in right. all of those other states as well. So talk right. to me about bringing it to other places. You know, I think that... Uh, Looking back, the fun part about it is when we went hit those markets was finding the people and the players, right? Mm-hmm. So we had our um, connections here in Georgia who, you know, the cattlemen were the, the people who were really committed to raising grass-fed beef and not selling them off to feedlots. And then going to, to Asheville and finding like this like-minded subculture. Right. Exactly. I just say like a good farmer. And then going to (laughs) to Nashville, and then sometimes, a lot of times they would find us. Right. So we're in Nashville, and there might be a a PR piece or something about us coming in our history. And then, um, you know, um, Joe Baggett from Tennessee Grassfed Beef shows up on a door. Like you know, I was like, hey, here I am. Here's what I'm doing, and I've been doing it third generation, and we've converted to grass-fed beef, and here's why, and. And they're singing the same story. So we've been able to really form these really similar relationships in, in different parts of the country. Yeah. Um, it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I love the idea of, you know, you guys have really created a platform, but also you've really rolled out the red carpet for farmer and producer of like, mm-hmm. hey, um, we produce really great arugula that you could mm-hmm. put on your burger right. or like, hey, we actually, you know, grass is amazing and we mm-hmm. don't use probiotics or right. antibiotics or any weird stuff with our, you know, poultry or right. pork or, mm-hmm. our, you know, our cow, our, our cows. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, hey, it makes a pretty amazing product. Right. And we'd love to have it on your menu. Yeah. Um, and I love that, you know, for the for the most part, I mean, like I, you see so many different names and like. I think what's so hard is a lot of people attribute value to, you know, the, the place that they eat, but it's not like the full circle of how everybody gets fed. And I love that you guys have really given them a, a megaphone to you know, like, well, you know, yeah, we can, you, we're, we're making you a burger. Like there's, right. there's no question, but that's not possible without, you know, farmer mm-hmm. here actually raising this cattle to then actually produce the beef that comes to through our door for us to, to actually make you this and right. hey that actually happens uh you know within an hour's drive of here can you believe right. that right you know and yeah. um it's a it's a beautiful story you know and um you know one of the other things that that i know about you is that you you're actually on the board for georgia organics right yep. you know and so specifically talking about you know running a restaurant business and then also working with Georgia growers and Georgia mm-hmm. producers to bring, you know, good food to people. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about what that's like in the state of Georgia and working with farmers and different farms to kind of build your menu around. Right. 
Um, so George Organic is somebody that we've had a relationship with, you know, since day one. I think in, in the early years, we had all of our kitchen guys wearing George Organic hats. Um, so it's it's, um, it's a good uh, looking hat. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> it's a classic. Um, and um, you know, through the, so through the years, it's it's an organization that we like supporting. Um, we felt that they really gave that um, farm farmer mentorship to a lot of young farmers, gave them the tools to transition from uh, conventional to organic farming, um, helped them really navigate you know their, their farmer connections and, and such. And um, I've always attended their Georgia Organic conferences. Um, just it's another good way for us to just sitting in on a conference on you know or session on raising goats or soil health and stuff is really learning how difficult a job they have right. know, every day um, and the importance of an organization like Georgia Organic. So when they approached me to be on the board, it was really a no-brainer. And since that process, just really kind of peeling back that onion of how much they do um, and how much they've grown as an organization as well over 10 years. Yeah. Um, and um, it's, it's an important part, I think, to... The, the agriculture and organic or just sustainability um, uh, uh, program or, or systems here in, in Georgia. Yeah. 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 You know, like I, I've always had such reverence for, for people who work in restaurants to, to, you know, do more than they're just feeding the two or three people in front of them. You know, like you're, you're turning tables and you're setting up for different service. And it's always made me appreciate how much hard work, you know, goes into, you know, you might not see your family, a lot, right. or maybe at all. <laughs> if you're a chef, you know you might yeah. not. But, um, but I think also just through getting to know so many wonderful people who who really feed Atlanta in so many different creative ways, right. it's also introduced me to a lot of people that grow that food, and carrying that reverence of how hard someone in a restaurant has to work, and then also learning how, to your point, how hard a farmer or grower mm -hmm. is working to to just grow, you know squash right or microgreens or you know root vegetables depending right. on the season whatever right. it is tomatoes goodness gracious you know and i've actually had you know an opportunity to visit some farms like mm -hmm. or just around the metro area right. and um it you know i think there's a lot of beautiful and you know kind of glory filled uh photos that you can see and like oh wow working on a farm is so beautiful right. it's like yeah i mean it totally can be but did you also know that yeah. it's a ton of really hard work uh, yeah you know and um, it's definitely, it's, it's changed my perception on yeah. how hard, um, these wonderful people are actually working on a daily basis and yeah. they don't take a break when the weather's bad. No, they, the Georgia organic hosted a, um, a little film showing at Patagonia and Buckhead, um, yes. about a month or two yes. ago, yeah, the yeah, biggest yeah. little farm. And then afterwards had a, a panel of some local small farmers and the, the Q and a was great because, <laughs> They talk about how true the movie was and maybe fact versus fiction and just answering some of the audience's questions. I think a lot of the audience was like, whoa, that's really hard what you do. Right. <laughs> you know, when they talk about either problems with crops or, you know, weather or startup or just the few pennies that they make every year and, and the amount of work that goes into it. Yeah. I, uh, I, I sat with some, some friends of ours um, and actually visited their farm, uh, Levity Farm, which is right outside of Alpharetta in okay. St. Milton. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, organic farming. Right. And, um, you know, I, I was just curious. It was like, how do you deal with, like, 
pests and bugs and I mean, cause it's not, you're in the middle of nature, you know? Yeah. And like, honestly, one of the things that probably doesn't get talked about a whole lot is, uh, very often we're just walking the actual rows and sometimes picking bugs off of plants. Yep. I was like, that is, yeah. th- that, that is <laughs> so like, it's, it's such a, a vivid thing to, to, to say, you know, cause everyone can like, everyone can picture that, you yeah. know, it doesn't take, you know, uh, any level of education to like, if you're going to watch after what you're growing and you literally have to remove what's on it because yeah. it's going to kill it. Yeah. You just pull it off. Yeah. It's, it's not, you know, there's not a whole lot of science behind it. I was no. like that. I, I would have no idea. You know, I would have no idea that that's how you manage it. It's kind of like <laughs> take, of taking that, you know, keeping the rabbit out of your garden to a very, very right. minutia level. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it couldn't become a pet for our family. So we just had to move it to somewhere else. Right. And like, that's, that's literally all you had to do. Um, you know, and you know, the, the other thing that I wanted to talk about is like, you know, very much like how, you know, seasons change, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, you know, it's, it's not like anything new, but, um, but I love how your guys menu changes, but it's mm-hmm. still so very steadfastly a burger joint, right. you know, um, you know, at the, at the end of the day, like the offering is still, you know, pretty much, mm-hmm. um, you know, pretty consistent, but tell yeah. me about how you guys like map the idea of working with seasonality from mm-hmm. the farm burger concept. Man, that's what we talk about every year. How, how can we do that better <laughs> and, and not just wing it? Um, so I think we've gotten better at it over the year. We used to have a very big, expansive menu. We've tried to, to fine-tune it and, and hone it down over the years mm-hmm. um, and get better at planning, get better with um, sometimes talking with our, our farmers and, and seeing, like, okay, what's, you know, happening in, you know, September versus July, and what are maybe some of these core items that have been on our menu that can really be the, um, you know, the conduit to those those items? So outside of the burgers, you know, we, we now really have two basic salads, what we call our, our farm salad and our superfood salads. And so those are almost our seasonal conduits, right? So you'll see butternut squash on our, on our salads right now. Um, you know, different times of year you might see a- apples or okra or you know, mixing in arugula into the mix. So, um, so that's one big piece. And I, and I think before when we were one or two or three units, we were a little bit more nimble, you know, and we could just react week to week. And as we've grown, it's, it's really forced us to do a lot more planning. Um, almost like farmers who have to plan out their rows and crops and what they're going to plant, you know, six months, nine months out. Um, but it's been the one thing over 10 years, it's like every year is a new challenge. It's something else we can do to, uh, you know, um, fulfill the promise we have to the customer better. Because we're not perfect. We're not always sourcing local. We're not always sourcing organic. Um, we have our non-negotiables, which is our beef and our proteins and stuff. And, and everything else is just like, how can we do a better job and even do a better job serving our local farmers and people? Yeah. One thing I love about yeah. Farm Burger, um, and I don't eat here every day right. it's as much as I would love right. to. Believe me, I would. Um, I love that you guys actually use beef tallow. Which, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. it's, you know, yeah. believe it or not, comes from the cow. Oh, yeah. It's just really cool. Oh, yeah. And it also happens to taste pretty damn good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and, and that was the, the quick story there is that was something we, di- we didn't do in the beginning. We knew the product was there and we really had to figure out working with our local processors. You know, it's like, how do we, you know, keep that product? How do we get it? How do we package it? And how do we get it? And then how do we use it? within our grills and griddles and the yeah. best way to render it and everything. So, yeah. 
Yeah. Seasons yeah. grow pretty nicely over oh, time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, George, you guys have such a great story, you know, and something that uh, that I've kind of coined, you know, after however many episodes of the show there's been, I think we're getting close to 100 or something like that. That's is, great. You know, uh, there's so many people, very much like yourself, and um, who make Atlanta such a great city to be an eater. And um, not to say that we're better than any other city out there, but, you know, our, our story is really unique, you know, as, as a city in the South, really still kind of in a, in a fun way, figuring out its, you know, specificity in terms of identity, you know, mm-hmm. like what are those specificities? But, um, you know, it's, uh, it's so fun to, to learn more about eating in the state of Georgia and what that good food movement is and that, you know, a restaurant like Farm Burger is not, you know, just standing out with a megaphone like I think you guys are really just putting pragmatism to work and working with farmer grower preparing a menu it's a restaurant where you can come to eat and that's what you're putting forth and it also happens to be really really good right <laughs> you, can, you can do the PR and spin for us that's great <laughs> yeah because I, I, I mean I think at the end of the day like uh, gosh who was this I believe it was you know uh, I heard this story from Billy Allen via mm-hmm. Scott Peacock that said do you know that food only tastes good when it's good and I think the best food comes from people who work really hard to grow it the right way. Nah, absolutely. Or raise it the right way. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I want to end with one thing. Tell me, what is it that you order at Farm Burger? Because that's what I'm going to order next time that I eat at Farm Burger. You know, I always go back to, you know, what we call the Farm Burger, the number one. It's, it's kind of my, if I go into one of our restaurants, it's my mainstay, my true test if we're hitting our marks which is you know that that griddled burger with you know aged cheddar caramelized onions little farm burger sauce mm-hmm. might throw bacon on it sometimes because mm-hmm. it's just to me it's one of those burgers i ate way too many of in the first couple of years um <laughs> but i know what that needs to be right and i do think it's right. sort of it's our namesake it's our signature and whenever i had it i'm always like oh that's good very cool. Yeah. I, I think that that's probably the one that I've only had maybe one or two times. Yeah. So next time, yeah, yeah, it's definitely where I'm going right yeah, towards. Yeah, so, yeah. George, thanks for sitting with me. Thanks for sharing your story. Yeah, thanks um, for coming by. Yeah. Thanks, man. And I'll, I'm sure I'll see you here or Asheville or yep. Alabama. Yep. North Carolina, somewhere else. Uh, yeah. But Georgia again. Next there conference. you go. Exactly. Yeah. See you there. <laughs> okay. Thanks, George. All right, Ben. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Atlanta Foodcast. If you haven't already, hit subscribe and please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow us on Instagram. And as always, thanks for making Atlanta the greatest city for eaters.